Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. NBC Sports, Football Morning and American columnist Peter King. What do you think about the Chase Thomas podcast? I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the A for mention. Chase, I'm coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything HQ dark mode has been assembled for South Carolina weekend at night. I will be in the building uh, for that one. It's going to be an absolute delight, but. That will be talked about at a later point on this very feed tonight. It's NFL Super Friends, as the guys I have with me on this very show are quite familiar with because they are a just a couple of the Super Friends um, to kick things off here. JP Acosta of SBNation.com is here. JP, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It was a, it was a hectic week of football, honestly. Very hectic, very wild, but it was fun. Without a doubt, that was probably, I think, the most fun week of football I've seen in a long time. Like, there was so much scoring. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chase, it's... we getting it done? Are we figuring out the quad box? 
Ladies and gentlemen, the quad box. Welcome there we in. go. Jared there Bailey, go. I, which is me. And then on the left. <laughs> oh, we didn't get it. Rotating the squares. <laughs> no, and no, no, no. Time. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Over again. I was say, come you, on! You, you did the you did the come same on. thing three straight times. Finally, the rock has come back to the bottom left square. <laughs> we did it. I'm uh, hot, man. That was that gave me so much pressure. I, I need a producer, man, because I'm uh, Jared Bailey of USA Today and everywhere else just popped up and right as we got started here, and I like I looked down and I see Jared uh, for the good folks uh, watching on YouTube.com. So they they got a show here uh, of me trying to assemble and getting the right the right Brady Bunch uh, <laughs> I am sweating how much pressure that was for me to get uh, get all that going so uh, Jared good evening how are you not good um, T Higgins left his hands at home and it cost me on my my gambling habits tonight so uh, not happy not mm. happy so I'm I'm not gonna lie I don't know if anyone else pays attention to this but anybody that posts on Twitter about the like uh, whatever it is uh, daily fantasy stuff um, what is the company? It's usually uh, what is that? Uh, underdog. underdog. Yeah. Underdog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone loses constantly. <laughs> Everyone is constantly losing. I don't know I have why never they pay money. Seen anybody that posts one of those underdog fantasy things come back and say, "Yep, it hit." We're and good. it's always like, "Oh, I won forty dollars." It's like you know you did six of those things. You're under thirty-seven dollars right now. It's the most degenerate stuff, too. Like it's right. just the it's the weirdest prop line. They they get so excited about they're like, well, I got the odds were like plus seven thousand. Like, why do you think? Because you had sixteen prop bets. <laughs> how many you you how you that's that's what it works. I will say I did hit a parlay last night for Steelers Raiders, so I'm like basically even for the mm. weekend. Actually, I'm actually a little bit over because I did hit another one earlier on Sunday. But oh man, I'm. I'm fuming right now. Like I know I'm presenting myself as you know, calm Jarrett, but internally I am Hades right now. I am fuming. Well, we don't want that out of my ears. Well, hopefully the podcast can help. Will Will you Will you give me the money I just lost, Chase Thomas? No, you got to learn. Just like Evan had to learn from drinking from Wednesday to Sunday, you have to <laughs> trial by error. You have to You have to deal with it. Yeah, you be an adult. You gotta. You had to take and control your action. JP walks seven miles across Epcot. Like we all make our choices uh, in life and we just have to, we live and learn, Jared. I can't, I, I can't assist on that, but you'll, you'll bounce back next week or you won't because that's gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Chase Thomas. Also here, Evan Swords of 49ers Hub. Evan, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm exhausted. I'm very tired. It's been a long week, but I'm here now, and I'm excited to see you guys. Oh, I do have an announcement. Uh, uh oh, it's not not a fun. You're announcement. pregnant. Uh, Whoa, close. <laughs> um, I have officially. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna send a fax. Um, saying I'm back. I have officially unretired from Tinder. Oh, oh. Gotta say, yeah. I gotta say, Evan JP. I don't know if you were like me. I had no idea where that was going. It kept going, and I didn't know what that Wait, was. Hold on. Wait, are we talking like Tinder, like literally Tinder, or like just all the dating apps? Because this is oh, Tinder dude, trash. All of them. Well, oh, I mean, like probably the better one out of no any Hinge of them. dog Hinge. I got I met my wife on Hinge. Hinge. Yeah, Hinge, dude. Grow up. 
Hmm? Like, using I, Tinder. I can't. I got banned from Hinge like three years ago. I don't know. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I don't know. I thought that was going to be like, uh, hey, guys, hey, guys, I'm going to try and get back into dating. But no, it's like, <laughs> no, my pro- my probation is over and I can <laughs> come back. You like harassing Man. women, Jared? Jared no. What's going Hinge, on? Absolutely not. Hinge is arguably the most wholesome <laughs> dating app. And you're getting banned from that one? <laughs> I think I know what did it. And it wasn't anything like crazy or anything. Oh so God. when you, you gotta start talking, like you gotta explain, like you're making too much airtime. We didn't even bring this up. Jared did this. Like I don't like he brought all this up. What is I'm happening? excited, guys? I'm, I'm gonna jump on Tinder because I got banned from Hinge. Banned from what? Hinge, so I only can use Tinder or Bumble. <laughs> if I had to guess, um, it was so like it's like one of those like goofy like um. The writing prompts or whatever the things that you put about yourself again and too much words you should just get right to the point i'm trying to find the best way to say it but for one of them i answered with like a very goofy answer that was very obviously a lie and um i noticed like a couple days after i did it i tried getting on and it's like somebody had like reported me like one of my matches i was like what the hell i that's strange and oh, dude on. i haven't tried it since Listen, yeah, Jared, Jared, we could start this whole podcast over if it's necessary, <laughs> but you're going to tell me what the lie is. I I promise you, I cannot remember it off the top of my head. It will hit me during this podcast. And I once it does, I will I'm just gonna it's gonna be like vomit. I'm just gonna blurt it out because uh, I will be excited about remembering it. Well, Jared, you know, I will say, as the one person <laughs> here with a really aggressive mustache, I wasn't expecting it to be someone else that would get banned <laughs> on a dating app. It is the strangest, one of the stranger things to happen to me in terms of just the most random shit, but that is, it did happen. And I, like, I haven't tried, you know what, well, I'll download it right now just to see if it's still a thing. You know, oh I don't God. know if I, I don't want to know because we're, oh, we're connected to the same IP addresses right now. I'm not trying to Look, get man, like, I'm not, you know what I mean? I don't need the fans, I don't need like the guilt by association. i I don't need the FBI agents showing this up is, in my opinion. Whoa, 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 Hey, whoa, hey, right. this is what you get for listening to Motionless and White with all that weird makeup and stuff. I'm telling you, bro, <laughs> it's not good for you. You're, you're as they say, you're scaring them. <laughs> you're scared. <laughs> That's literally what happened. <laughs> you scared them so much. They banned you from the app. <laughs> Some oh, some lady oh, was on that app, the hose, Jared. Saw, saw that saw that lie and said the jig is up. I'm getting this man out the paint. You are done. I'm like I'm dying over here where she's on the way. It's like, oh my god, what you, what was even the prompt? It was like, what's the perfect date for me? It's like I know it wasn't that. Oh, that's the man. first time I've ever heard of anybody getting banned off a hinge, dog. Might, might be, uh, yeah, might be that, might be, uh, keep, keeping that crown for a long time, dog. I don't know if I'll ever meet someone that guy. Chase, do you understand that literally you just because your face is away from the camera, you it, literally in the middle it says the Chase Thomas podcast, you can't hide from it, it's your podcast. You're like trying to hide. As if they like, oh, maybe they won't see me. 
No, I'm just laughing, and I'm like, this is the, I, I, uh, laughing on camera. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm self-conscious about laughing on camera, but you, what do you have to be self-conscious for? You didn't get banned on a dating. No, app. I'm saying I'm laughing. Like it's the last. <laughs> I don't know what happened here. This was uh, all volunteered by Jarrett. Chase, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. This is the podcast has gotten progressively more chaotic. Last, this is only a matter of time. Oh my god, I don't even know what to do. Do we dive into an NFL podcast? Do I just hit a clap? Do I do a clap and just know that this is where we start the podcast over with intros and everything else just for oh, Jared's no, you're benefit? Posting, you're posting. No, this is all. This all, all go. going on. All I'm going. All of it. All of it. Okay. Um. But anyways, we could talk football oh now. We now that we've gotten Jared's crimes out of the way. <laughs> there were. Oh my goodness. You, y'all are gonna. Yeah, y'all are gonna frame this criminal. in the worst possible way. <laughs> You're the one oh, who's been thinking about it. You know what? You know what, Jared? Jared I told got, you what happened. You know, you know what? Jared probably got banned for being too nice. <laughs> That's right. exactly you know? what it was. He, probably, cares. Right? he probably, they were like, you care too much. I do. That's right. I do. It, was, it wasn't scaring the hoes. It was making the hoes <laughs> feel too comfortable. So, well, that sounds even worse. <laughs> oh. By the way, JP, can I can I be just glad that you said that? Because I feel like way more comfortable when when you say scaring the hose, it just sounds funny and cool. When I say it, it's like a little right, like hold dangerous. on, we're gonna get the moment. It's of a very two Americas scary. thing going on. Uh, or are you gonna just go into your emails and be like, "Yeah, hinge banned." This is. <laughs> they, hold on, they emailed me my verification code. They're like, they're like, literally, hinges like, we are banning you because you said you are six feet tall and you are clearly. <laughs> Maybe that's five what feet. it was. No, I don't lie about that. A girl, a girl was a like, girl, nah, nah. I did. A girl that. pulled I, out the virtual measuring stick and pulled up like, your height. Like, shadow uh-uh. in the background. By uh-uh. the way, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ready here, and it is still not on. Your account <laughs> has been removed. What does it say? Nah, man. Um. Yeah, it just says your account has been removed. Uh, if you subscribe to, if you are subscribed to a Hinge subscription, you can cancel your subscription here, and then it just gives a link. And then if you if you want to appeal it, then it gives you a link for that. <laughs> you know what? No you, way. You know what? Yo, hey, after this podcast is over, appeal it, and then let's get let's get. I am very out. very like. I don't know what it was, so maybe I will just to see if they tell me what it was. I think we should do that. After, after the an investigation, yes. Oh man, gotta tell you, of all the different ways that I ever thought I'd start a podcast, especially the NFL Super Friends, this was near the bottom of anything I thought was possible. Jared Bailey, um, wow. <laughs> Speaking of being blocked from making a connection, the Chicago Bears. Oh my god. Um, we'll save the Bears. I mean, the Bears are just truly Can like the amount of Bears. The Bears? St- I don't think anybody's saying I don't think anybody Bears. can. No, the amount of stuff that's happened just in Chicago over the last week, like it's just we we don't need to get into that right away because that's just a lot of sadness and it's just bad. And um on the flip side though, let's start with our teams as we do each and every week on this very show. Um it was a bad week for 
most of other teams here on this very program. Um, we'll get into a certain Atlanta team in a bit because JP was watching some film about uh, what the Detroit defensive line did to my Atlanta Falcons offensive line uh, all Sunday afternoon. But let's start with the man of the hour, Jarrett Bailey. The Pittsburgh Steelers uh, Sunday night football, um, it was a mess. It was it doesn't seem enjoyable. Uh, Matt Canada well on his way to becoming a presidential ticket uh potential uh, on the 2024 campaign with his uh promotions from within here in pittsburgh um job well done uh the the pittsburgh's happy with uh, the job performance of matt canada through uh this point so he's getting a promotion working exclusively with kenny pickett and you beat the raiders and i don't have any idea what the pittsburgh steelers are what did you come away feeling after uh they survived uh the vegas raiders over the weekend um, I mean, I will say this. It was very strange watching a Steelers game and watching like Matt Canada adjust to like what was given to him. Mm. Um, we saw like they were utilizing play action, which is something that they just rarely do. And on Pickett's second touchdown pass, they utilized play action. It was a play action pass and he uh hit Fryer Muth in the end zone. Um it was it was strange to see. I, I think that Matt Canada watched Warren Sharp's video where he just badmouthed him for like ten minutes and was like, "All right, you jackasses, I'll show you," and just tried to show that he can be a little bit different. Um, and I think he knows he's kind of on his last breath um, in terms of okay. I think that this promotion was more of like, okay, look, you're this isn't working. We're gonna give you all the access you need, all the tools that you need, and if it still doesn't work, then you gotta go. Um, so the offense, it definitely looked better. Um, Calvin Austin had the long touchdown reception. They got Jalen Warren involved in the pass game as they've been doing, and he's been making the most of his touches. George Pickens had four catches for north of 70 yards. Pickett made some plays. He looked a lot more comfortable than he had in the first two weeks, which wasn't a very high bar, but the, the confidence was there, especially as he started. You know, They established long drives, which is something that they didn't do in weeks one or two. Uh, the run game wasn't great, but it was certainly better where they could at least turn around and run it a little bit more. Um, but still, the offensive line in terms of the in terms of running the ball, it's still not great. But it was better. Now, it was against a Raiders team that doesn't field the best defense in the world. I mean, outside of Max Crosby, they're relying on a lot of, you know, more or less unproven guys. And Steelers, in, in large part, you know, kept Max Crosby in check. And I want to see what they if this can be a thing that can be established long term. So it's great that it happened. It's nice to see, you know, the offense look competent. Certainly wasn't, you know, an elite unit or anything like that, but much better than it was in weeks one or two. Now that if they can do it again against Houston, who I think personnel wise is actually a lot better than they get credit for and is quietly a pretty good defensive roster, um, then I'll the confidence will continue to rise. But it was against the Raiders, one game, turned into two, and go from there. We should also mention, you got yourself a punter. The dude has a freaking cannon. So this stats here from Presley Harvin, which is a, a great NFL punter name. Um, cut up, a, he he had, let's see, was it six plus punts with six. a 53.8 average? That's bonkers, like all-time great uh, punter. So that's good. Even if your offense stinks, Jarrett, you've got an elite punter. Well, I'll, I'll say this about Presley Harvin. That was his first 
really good game as a pro. They drafted him mm. in the seventh round, I think, in 2021. And he they had a, a, a punting competition during camp because he had been just that bad throughout his career thus far. But he won the competition. He's been pretty solid this season, and he was really good last night, which is, which is nice to see, especially on that last punt where he boots it and he puts the Raiders inside their own 15. It was... It was a nice performance for Presley Harvin. I actually gave him uh, after each game. You know, we uh, I do game balls for you know the standout performances, and I gave Presley Harvin one just because for all the crap that Steelers fans have given him, got to give him flowers when he does well and he played well. Steelers defense from Bleacher Report I thought was interesting. So you won the past two weeks, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the Pittsburgh Steelers have won the back back to back weeks when they have ten sacks, seven takeaways, and two uh, touchdowns from their defense. I mean, is this where does this defense rank? Uh, everybody on this uh, for Pittsburgh to this point is it top three in the league right now? Top five? Where is it? It's got to be top five, I would say. Now there's still some flaws, and very few defenses are completely perfect. Like. They gave up 13 catches to Devontae Adams, who was just having his way with them. Um, Except over in the middle. Should, yeah, no, Cole Holcomb made sure that he laid some wood yesterday, which shout out to Cole Holcomb. But Levi Wallace and Pat Peterson, like Patrick Peterson's the oldest starting corner in the league right now, and he looks every day his age. Um, Levi Wallace is very inconsistent. He had two interceptions la- last night, but inconsistent. Uh, Plenty of interceptions of all time. Very strange <laughs> interceptions for, for Levi Wallace. Um, and then the one that Peterson caught was basically Jimmy just saying, whatever, yeet. Hopefully somebody catches it. And it was the uh, a Steelers defender to do it. So you know, this, uh, I give Tomlin and the defense credit because they knew going in, okay, Jimmy's going to toss up two or four gifts per game. And they caught three of them. So um, in terms of where they rank – there's still flaws in the secondary cornerback, but still what they're doing up front has been magnificent. I'd say a top five unit is pretty, I'd say respectable, uh, respectable placement for them right now. Evan, you enjoyed Jimmy Garoppolo uh, without the 49ers backing. You were tweeting about that. What did you see from Jimmy Sunday night against the Steelers? I mean, you know, I, I think I, I tweeted some things that I don't know if I fully meant, but like, it's really kind of interesting to me. I think Josh McDaniels is a trash coach. I I think since what he did in Denver, I think he's a trash coach. I think he's just basically hung out on the backs of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I mean, what he did when he took the, the job in Indianapolis and then backed out on it. Uh, every step of the way, I feel like it's just been very obvious that this is not a serious person. So I'm not really a fan of him point blank uh jimmy garoppolo also played like shit it was really not great like jimmy kind of played like a person who i don't know if he knew what he was doing i don't know if he was like just kind of panicking i don't know if he's giving up or whatever um but that mixed with you know i don't know i mean like it, i i want to say like oh well he doesn't have the scheme blah 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 he doesn't have the scheme but whatever but like they have a really good offensive line right weren't they like ranked like I, I thought I saw something saying they were like the top rated uh, offensive line in week two or something. Whoever told you that's a liar. <laughs> okay. So maybe I'm, maybe that's it. But I, so that helps my, my position a little bit. Cause I'm like, well, this is what any quarterback who's on a bad team or maybe a not as talented team would do. Um, I think the Steelers defense is good. 
I think the the Raiders are in complete shambles at any given moment. Um, and I think, you know, you're going to see Jimmy win probably, what, I think we said like eight or nine games at best. What I don't know what else you would expect. I think, I think this is a pretty dumpster fire situation here. That field goal. Um, and Josh McDaniel saying after the game that he needed two possessions, it's like, no, you, it was eight. What are you, you talking about? And he like stayed with it. I still don't understand that line of thinking at all. Um, yeah, no, the Raiders, the Raiders are quite bad. And the AFC North, weirdly enough, like through three weeks, I mean, with the Bengals tonight, I mean, the Bengals had a really, really low, I saw um, going into this game, really low playoff odds uh, because of what happened before this game against the Rams tonight. But the AFC North, man, like the Browns have a 70% uh, chance of making the playoffs uh, to this point with uh, what I saw. And then you look at it, the Ravens, obviously the highest and the Steelers right there too. I don't know. The AFC North is just, I feel like going to be a jumbled mess this year. You're looking, all four have their flaws. All four have their strengths. I have no idea what to do one through four with this group. If you want to hear a funny stat, the Browns offense has allowed more touchdowns than their defense has, which is wow. just hilarious. Um, defense has allowed one touchdown through three games, and then the offense gave up two touchdowns against the Steelers. So mm. they've, I think you said it, each team has their obvious flaws. Where the Steelers, okay, Canada, you don't know what they're going to give you offensively each week, but you know the defense is going to smash you in the mouth and the Steelers approach is let's try to limit the points and rather than try to outscore you, they're just going to try to limit your points. The Bengals right now, it's similar to what it was last year. Slow start, but now you've got Burrow dealing with a calf injury in the offense. They like Chase looked like he was getting things back on track and finding his mojo tonight, um, but T. Higgins did not play well. Um, it, they're still figuring things out, and that's what happens when you – don't have a training camp or a preseason for your quarterback. Baltimore, I said it coming into the year. Are they going to stay healthy? It's week. We're going into week four already. The answer to that question is no. And they just they kept shooting themselves in the foot against the Colts, which you know JP and I talked about this earlier on my pod, where we're just like, yeah, it might just be a mulligan week for some teams, and Baltimore might be that team. That could be the case. Um, but we've seen Baltimore. This isn't new for them where they just can't stay healthy. This is a, you know, a three, four year issue where a lot of their top talents just don't stay on the field. So, and then Cleveland, okay. What's Watson going to look like each week? Their defense is very good too, but every team has their flaw. I'm not banking on either of them to be world beaters, but if I did, I would still turn to the Bengals just because they've proven it more recently. Um, and they will be the first team since division realignment to win the division three years in a row should they do it this year. Um, it's a very up-in-the-air division, but all four teams you can make a case for. I like it. Um, Evan, your team, the San Francisco 49ers, were you at this game or no? I was, yeah. How was it? How was the experience? Walk us through a uh, Niners game this weekend. Yeah, so I mean, obviously it was a short week. Um, I actually went with some Giants fans amongst and some 49ers fans. So we all got an Airbnb in South uh, San Jose, and I flew in Wednesday night at like 10:30 p.m. It was a late flight. Basically, woke up in the morning, went and got ready, brunch, went to the tailgate. Uh, I, I'm sure some of you guys saw the video, but there was a guy running around that looked exactly like Kyle Shanahan and was dressed mm -hmm. exactly like Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he had a playbook. He had the head, the headset, like everything. Like he was running around the tailgate. He like did a, he made me do a beer bong. 
um, which I crushed. Uh, it was a fun time. You know, the 49ers fans, first home game. Like, I, I cannot stress this enough. I really do believe the 49ers fan base is probably – got to be top two top three maybe the best tailgaters it, i mean like the different cultures the different music the different foods it's just so much fun it's a great experience but the game itself i was not happy i was not, i'm not to say i was doom tweeting or doom whatever but like I'm sitting here going, okay, this is the Giants. The Cowboys beat them 40 to zero. I'm not expecting that because I don't think, you know, week one is a little bit different than week three, but I was expecting them to handedly beat, you know, this team. I said before the beginning of the game, I'm like, it's not going to be a blowout. Kyle Shanahan always plays down to his opponents, but like it was a one score game, uh, one score game going like into the late third quarter. Like the first half, was not great. It was really honestly like the Giants were very much so holding their own. And the score to me was not a good representation of how that game actually went. Um because obviously the score at the end felt like, you know, the, you know, they got just got destroyed. Um but yeah, man, it was a one-score game. It was really close. I was really stressed out. Uh I were you stressed out? Did you ever actually feel like the Niners are going to lose? I didn't think that they were going to lose, but like, so I've said this before and I'll say it again, where I am at with the 49ers and where I think most fans should be is your expectation right now is the Super Bowl. So if I'm just thinking about a fan and a football team and I'm just having fun and watching, no, I'm not worried about the giants, but everything I watch, I watch with the lens of, is this enough to win a Super Bowl? I remember in 2019 on your podcast, um, I've said this a million times. Every time I watched these games where they would hand the ball off all game long, I, I said to you, I'm like, well, if you know, if if you want to win a Super Bowl, eventually Jimmy's gonna need to throw some long passes, and that will come back to bite him in the ass if he doesn't get those reps. And then he lost uh the Super Bowl by overthrowing Emmanuel Sanders. So when I'm watching games like this, it's not that I'm like doom freaking out the end of the world but i am going okay if if this team wants to win a super bowl can you get away with a game like this in the super bowl there will be no mistakes you can't get away with these types of things you can't have a one score game against a bad team and then expect to win the biggest game of the year like a lot of things have to happen you have to you know what i mean it's just it's that's the lens that i look at it so a lot of people would be like, oh, it's 30 points again. Oh, a lot of people would be like, well, they did it with Brand without Brandon Ayuk. And I agree, but I also think like this is a team that you could have scored 40 points. Like it could it could have been more lopsided in the second quarter, the third quarter. It, it shouldn't have taken all four quarters to be like, oh, okay, they're gonna win. I guess I'll provide the spin zone here a little bit. Please, yeah. And it's the fact that Brock Purdy didn't play that great and you scored 30 points. Like that's the that's the biggest thing here. Man. Brock Purdy did not play that good and you still managed to score 30 points. Well, but let's say though, let's let's be real. Brock Purdy played like shit in the first half. Oh yeah. He, he threw the two gifts to Giants linebackers and defensive backs, and George Kittle played great cornerback on one of them. In the first drive, I counted four interceptable balls. And like, again, 
can you really complain with 30 points in a win? Not really, but like, okay, here's the, here's something that I did want to talk to you guys about <clears throat> on one side. I'm like, they're throwing all these interceptable balls, right? But they're not getting intercepted. So, you know, it's like if a, if a tree falls in a forest and nobody hears it, did it make a sound? So it's like, you know, on one side, I want to be like, well, I'm worried about Brock Purdy's throwing. Like, I'm worried about his accuracy. It might come back to haunt him. But on the other side, like you see like Rams fans or Eagles fans or someone talking shit on Twitter. And I'm like, well, he hasn't thrown a pick. So what? Like, what are you, what are you going to complain about? I don't so, think it was... I don't. I don't think it was a case of a tree falling in the forest and no one saw it. I think it was a case of a tree falling down, but it didn't go through a home, so it didn't do any damage. Right. Like we still saw the tree fall, but it was just harmlessly in the middle of nowhere. Um, that's kind of my take on it right now. Like it's something to worry about if it continues going forward. And but right now it's okay. Go ahead, JP. Sorry. Yeah, I mean it's early. I think my thing here is it's better to be lucky than good for this game. At right. least for early in the season, it's better to be lucky. You know, sometimes it's good to have those games happen. Like where you're like, yeah, you look like shit. You still manage to score 30 points, but there's still stuff that there's still meat left on the bone for this offense. And that's probably the scariest thing when you look at the NFC and the NFL in general is that the offense has not played that great for the 49ers. And there hasn't been a game that they've scored under 30 points in. You know, it's. It's going to get better from here, which is, I mean, optimistically, it gets better from here. And that's a tough, that's tough for everybody else in the NFC because the defense looks like it hasn't really, it did not play. The defense looked phenomenal again. Like that's just, that's just going to, you knew that was going to happen going into the game. But it kind of just feels like they're, them and the Eagles are, uh, at the same level where even with their worst or their struggles on offense or things they banged up a little bit this that and the other playing with their food with less their competition they still have such a good defense that they're the floor is so high with the eagles and the the niners that what, they can have those lulls what i would say is this and this is my uh, trying to be positive not panicking opinion it's week three a lot of things are still getting figured out Nick Bosa still, I wouldn't say is he's not at, at his hundred percent yet. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that are, they're still figuring out as a team. I don't think they're running at full speed and they're winning handedly. So I do think they are the best team in the NFL. I just am a 49ers fan that has watched them where I thought they were the best team in the NFL lose some of the biggest games in the past 20 years. So I don't mean to sound like I'm freaking out, but like, it's just hard not to look at it through that lens. What I will say, my God, Fred Warner is the best linebacker. And like, I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Ray Lewis is, I get it. But like, how much more of, of Fred Warner playing the way he's playing right now do we need to see? Like, if they win the Super Bowl this year and he plays two more seasons very similar to how he's playing right now, when do we get to start having the greatest of all time linebacker conversation? I mean, for what it's worth, I think he is up there in terms of post-2010 linebackers as, like, one of the best. Because, I mean, post-2010, you got Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley, Patrick Willis, Varl Bowman, 
Fred Warner. You can make a case for Fred Warner being us ending out that top five. I, I, mean, I think we have a similar LeBron, Michael James, Michael Jordan conversation 10 years from now where we're like, you have to understand that the, the game was very different when Ray Lewis was playing and it was a very different style of play. And Fred Warner, when he was playing, was a m- much different style of play. And I think I'm very okay with that conversation, but he's just unbelievable. I do think I do think the conversation around Fred Warner needs to stop being best linebacker in the league and now starts to need to be shifting to best defensive player in the yeah. league. Like that's that's where he is right now in terms of how valuable he is to a defense in a league where you try and get all these passes over the middle of the field. He eliminates that entire area by himself he's like a great box-to-box midfielder in soccer he's just everywhere he's negating everything like you offenses change their game plan to throw out on the edges on the Niners defense because you cannot throw over the middle Mm -hmm. that's that's something that you can measure with any number that you want and you can also watch the game it'll back it up like that's he's one of the best defensive players in football right now uh, some uh, final thoughts. Um, Javon Hargrave, m- probably in my opinion, is the best free agency signing of any team this year. Uh, if you have a, d- a better answer, maybe let me know. Um, Isaiah Oliver, again, playing well. and Old friend, the- Isaiah Oliver. Right? I think people were kind of worried. Uh, you know, Nick Bosa got a sack again. I just... Things are going really well in a lot of different places. I was very happy to see that Elijah Mitchell got 11 carries this time. Christian McCaffrey still had 18 and five receptions. So, like, I'm worried about his usage in a 17-week season. But overall, I'm very happy with where the 49ers are right now. And as someone who goes to these high school games every week, like, I don't know if y'all are keeping up with, like, carries at the high school level. 41 carries for this kid here locally. And I'm just like, ooh, high school carries are wild still. Like, there are some guys. 17-year-old? Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Like, it's way more common than you would think. It's just, uh, it's kind of wild where you're like, because I'll be taking notes and I'm like, what is that? Is that 30? Are we at 30 and it's the third quarter? Like, how many carries? Oh, man. It's uh, it's wild. Um. Last thing on the Jaguars, who now have a very online quarterback who posts emojis following games um, to remind folks that he's keeping watch and that things are actually good. JP, are you uh, freaking out about uh, what CJ Stroud and a certain fullback did to the Jacksonville Jaguars at home yesterday afternoon? In the event, I was mad as hell. Like, that's (laughs) just the that's just a normal fan reaction. Like you let Andrew Beck take a kickoff return for a touchdown you know the fullback's done on you that was really mm-hmm. bad but ultimately i think they're going to be fine they'll be fine i think the offense is struggling right now because the execution is just bad like they're mm. pressing too much when you play a style of offense like the jaguars do that doesn't have they they rely on the 10 to 15 yard passes over the middle of the field they're very much and i said in a story that i wrote earlier today they're like DeMar DeRozan, how DeMar DeRozan plays in the NBA, where you you can shoot those three-pointers if you want, but you're much more comfortable shooting contested mid-range jumpers. And that's cool. That's a great way to live. But it makes the margin for error a lot smaller. You cannot mess up on any small thing. 
and the Jaguars are messing up on the small things right now. I mean, you saw the throw Trevor Lawrence made in the first quarter, the absolute beauty of a slot fade to Calvin Ridley, and Ridley just drops it. You know, I think the week one game kind of put kind of the we had, we looked at Calvin Ridley through like rose tinted glasses. We're like, oh, he's back at 100%. When like, nah, he's not, not yet, at least. I mean, this dude hasn't played football in two years. It looks like he hasn't played football in two years. He's slipping on routes. He's dropping passes. That's that's gonna happen. Um, it's really just execution. They'll be fine. They're gonna be they're gonna be okay. I think the defense has played really well. The first two two out of the three weeks. This last week was just a really bad pass rush game. They'll be fine. C.J. Stroud is good. Like that's he's capital G good. But the Jaguars are gonna be fine. I want who's calling plays now? Is it Peterson? Like, what's happening there? Is it it's just Press a play Taylor. caller issue? It's Press Taylor, but Press Taylor called plays the second half of last year, too. Okay. Like, this isn't like a, oh, Press Taylor is like calling bad plays. I like, know it's not that. I'd say it's more of who's doing what. Like, there's a lot of Jamal Agnew, and there was a reason Jamal Agnew played a lot of snaps on Sunday was because Zay Jones was hurt. But, I mean, there are screens to Britain Strange that should be thrown to Evan Ingram. Like that's that's not on play calling. That's more on who's in on those plays. Like that's it's just the small things, you know. And I think going to London for the next two weeks will help them kind of get away from like local areas. No, and you're that. going in the grinder, sir. You're going into the Falcons' house in London. It's tea time. We're rivals <laughs> this weekend, sir. It's 9 a.m. I'm blowing up the group chat, and it's going to be great. I'll have my coffee ready to go. Desmond Ritter may throw a couple field uh, passes past 10 yards. We'll see if they get feisty overseas across the pond. Who knows? Bro, that, that Toy Story game is just going to be Desmond Ritter throwing and getting intercepted by, like, Buzz Lightyear for the Jaguars. Hold on. Stop you right there. Desmond Ritter doesn't incredible. throw picks. He would have um, to throw consistently to throw picks. The man doesn't throw picks. Uh, not worried about that uh, in the in the slightest. Now, am I wor worried about uh, Arthur Smith installing more than two man routes with a bunch of uh, dudes in max pre uh, protection every snap? Seemingly, so, yeah, maybe. I, I, there I were just, pros and cons to the mm, offense. There were pros and cons for the Falcons' offense. The pro was Kyle Pitts led the team in targets on Sunday. Yes, good job, Arthur Smith. Congratulations. The con here is Kyle Pitts looked like he was injured. On most of those plays, and also Bijan Robinson had ten carries for thirty-three yards, and Tyler I, Algier, I, thirty-eight passes. Yeah, thirty thirty-eight passing attempts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's insane for two hundred and one <clears throat> yards. It wasn't great. Thirty-eight <laughs> passes for two hundred and one yards. Why that's are you? Why are you guys? Two yards per attempt. Why are you trying to like act like you're the 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 Brady? Patriots throwing 40 times a game when you have Bijan Robinson, maybe the only good thing in your offense. Like, so I think this is kind of, I think it's also a reflection of how the Lions play. The Lions basically kind of kicked the Falcons' ass up front. Like, yeah. that's just, they couldn't get a lot of stuff going in the run game. I mean, even outside of Bijan, Tyler Algier had seven carries for 12 yards. They weren't generating anything on the ground. So, of course, you have to, you, you want to force Desmond Ritter to make the throws, force force him into actual drop-back situations. And I just haven't seen enough from Desmond Ritter to be like, hey, this guy can do that, especially outside the numbers. I mean, 
the one big completion he had to Drake London at the beginning of the game was Drake London being like five inches taller than the DB that was guarding him. And he just kind of, he mossed him. Yeah. But outside of that, like he's, I think Desmond Ritter is so confident over the middle of the field that he will throw hospital balls, which <laughs> will get his players killed. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there was a string of like three straight passes. They threw like, it was like dagger. And then there was another over route where one of them went John New Smith who got destroyed. He got up slowly. Then there was one to Drake London who got destroyed for an incompletion. He got up slowly. Then Mac Hollins got decleated. And when Mac, Co- Mac Hollins is getting hurt, like, you know, you actually did something wrong here. So I man just, doesn't wear shoes. He He's basically if Lobo was an actual like football player, but who's Lobo? He's a DC villain. Okay, but he Desmond Ritter just doesn't. I I don't see it. I really don't. And I know it's like one game, but I just it's going to be tough to win games. It's going to be tough to consistently win games if your only offense is run game and rpos you have to and i just wonder how much of that is they just arthur doesn't trust desmond ritter how much of it is just injuries how much does he not trust the offensive line because he's at desmond ritter's got 1.3 yards per uh pocket uh press or pocket what is the stat pocket time to throw yeah like he is what and it's something bonkers in pocket time but just the average time in seconds that a qb has uh, in the pocket before he throws the ball the pocket collapses due to pressure so 1.3 seconds you know what offense would work really well for the Falcons personnel? Kyle Shanahan's offense. I don't know. Like, the offensive line really sucks. Like the offensive line is just bad. And they've drafted badly. The hey, offensive Chase, line, the Chase offensive I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The 49ers have had a trash offensive line since Kyle Shanahan joined the uh, NFL as a head coach. You have Trent Williams at the left on tackle spot. On one side. Have you seen the right side? The Mike McGlinchey's holding it down, right? I'm doing a bit. Hold on, NFL people. I'm doing a bit. That was a bit. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say I that saw all y'all jump, get ready. Jared almost jumped out of his seat again. I mean, you could, you could Jared, say that. Jared was about to get banned on another he, I was thinking the exact same thing. He's got to get us banned from StreamYard. All right, Mike anyway, McGlin- JP. Mike McGlinch, he did hold down the right mm-hmm. side because their best offensive line was in 2022. But yeah. I, I just, I wonder how much, like, I think you're right with Arthur Smith not trusting Desmond Ritter to actually, like, throw the ball downfield but how much of that is also like maybe that's just the arthur smith offense like there isn't a lot i mean even like tennessee you had a lot more verticality and explosiveness and you can't say it's not because they had better weapons i mean drake london is really good kyle pitts is really good it might be the quarterback like that's just that's going to be something that to figure out. And again, you're going to London. This might be a time to figure it out, but I don't know, man. I, I came away from looking, watching that Falcons game. Like I, the defense played really good. Like for, for all intents and purposes, the Falcons defense did as good as you can against the lions, especially up front. Offense scored six points and couldn't move the ball. And that's mainly on the quarterback. Kyler Murray's second best team odds uh, for next year is, or his next team is the Atlanta Falcons at number two. Cardinals I mean, that'd be favorite. fun. That'd be fun, but Kyler Murray doesn't throw the ball over the middle of the field, so. No, 
Uh, but I, it's one of those where it's like it's getting painfully clear week over week that Tessin Ritter is not going to be the Atlanta Falcons opening day starter next year. Um, that that I don't think, but I also still think the Falcons are going to win the NFC South. Um, Jarrett, are the Miami Dolphins the best team in the AFC right now? Oh, I was, I was, I was gonna get real, real spicy. Right now, I would definitely listen to the argument. Um, if they played the Chiefs tomorrow, I would pick the Chiefs to win. Mm. Um, but the argument to be made is obviously there. Like they've looked dominant throughout the first three weeks. They just dropped seventy on Denver, who, for all intents and purposes, has a respectable defense in terms of their personnel. I'm not going to like if somebody came to me and said, oh, man, the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC. I wouldn't be like, oh, my goodness. No, they're not. Um, but if they were to play, I mean, they play Buffalo this coming week and that game is going to be a movie. Where is uh, it? Is it in Buffalo this first time around? Um, I think you want that in Buffalo now if you're the Dolphins, not later on when it's, it's cold. in Buffalo. OK, this is that worked out great for Miami. Not freezing cold yet. That's uh, look, that worked out for them. Both fan bases are going to be toxic as hell regardless of the result if the bills win it's just gonna be you know josh allen owns miami which i mean to be fair for his career he has and if the dolphins win it's you know gonna be you know more of the same for the dolphins fans in terms of saying yep they're they're absolutely you know the juggernaut of the afc right now they do look like that um they put up 70 points 726 yards of total offense without jalen waddle that is saying a lot and again again what was the most impressive part of them scoring that many points on the Broncos to you establishing the run game the way that Mike McDaniel wanted to where you have Devin Achain having one of the best debuts we've maybe ever seen he had over 200 yards where he most tore up the defense as well just overall can they we, can we they were just incredible for, can we for about him the running back I'm not saying he won't be great but can we like people are talking about him and it's like he was getting carries when that defense had fully given up. I'm not saying he's not a great back. I think he probably is a great back. But that defense gave up. They were broken. They were not trying. There were holes every single – like there was a reason why everybody was scoring. They gave up. Mm. I also think it's a – like Jared said, the way that Mike McDaniel actually wanted to – work his run game in this year. We finally saw it come to fruition with not only getting Devin Achan back, but now you have Teron Armstead back healthy. And you did a lot of stuff with Teron Armstead on the Achan touchdown. You had Teron Armstead pulling out in front of him. Like you have you have a guy where you can get him out in space and you can basically create a hey, you're gonna take your DB and you're gonna hit him. See what happens. Um, I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC, mainly because I'm just not going to uh, pick against number 15 for the Kansas City Chiefs. I have but do they picked- have something when you think, like if you if you had to forecast based on what you've seen from the Dolphins at this point, right, is what the Bengals did to beat the Chiefs, obviously, in the AFC title game um, two years ago in Kansas City. You look at that. Is the blueprint, like, because it's a very different style that uh, Mike McDaniel is running than Zach Taylor is there something to them being able to go into Arrowhead with their style and be able to kind of uh, dominate the same way the Bengals did? And kind of also, do they have the defense to give Patrick Mahomes the same kind of troubles that the Bengals did? I don't think they have the defense right now. Mm-hmm. I 
I think they have the pass rush. I think Jalen Phillips is a star. I think Christian Wilkins rocks. Bradley Chubb is still a quality second guy, but I still have a lot of questions about the secondary. I have questions about outside corner. And as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are on the other side, I'm going to choose them. And I think the point about the Bengals is a good one, but I also think this is a very different Chiefs team from that Mm. 2021 team that lost the Bengals in the AFC title game. This team actually has a defense. This Chiefs team actually has a defense that is really good. And I don't think to this point the Dolphins have faced a player of the caliber of Chris Jones yet. And they probably won't until they face the Chiefs and Chris Jones. They probably won't face a guy like that. But it's going to be very fun. I still, like I said, I still cannot choose against Kansas City now that everybody is fully healthy. And you can see what the Chiefs offense is now that they have their number one receiver back. And in terms of like what the Chiefs are doing defensively, it like we can't understate how well that they have built on the defensive side of the ball through the draft, where you look at Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Jerry Sneed, Trent McDuffie, Leo Chanel, George Karloftis. All of those guys are homegrown talents. Mm. And even on the offensive side of the ball, Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, Isaiah Pacheco, like Reed, Mahomes, Kelsey, they're all fantastic. What they've built around them is equally as impressive. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I think they're fun. I, I think the takes are kind of hilarious whenever these come about because then you have like, are they the new Warriors? Are they the Warriors of the NFL? And it's like, I, I think they're just really good. I think they're, it, I guess, I can't probably articulate this the best, but like when you watch them, it looks different offensively. What they're doing to opposing defenses looks different. It if anything, it's more the Tennessee Volunteers and the Josh Heupel effect um, here with that Mickey Mouse offense that's uh, oh made its God. way to the NFL, which no, means no, scoring a lot of no, points is a lot no, of fun. No, no, <laughs> stop that right now. We're not doing this. We're not. Don't Mickey Mouse bullshit my NFL. Okay. Can I, We're not can doing I just that. can I just say one thing before we get stop talking about the the Dolphins? Mm-hmm. Why do you hate the Dolphins? They're just the Niners, uh, like this Mike is, McDaniel, your old friend. This is so funny. Okay, so what I was going to say, I'm easily the stupidest person when it comes here. It comes to football here. I am just a fan that looks in what he sees. He goes, what do I think? And that's it. That's as far as it goes. I don't watch tape. I don't watch film. But I do go off vibes. <laughs> most of my <laughs> life. started this. Okay. Most of my life, I have been pretty accurate on Twitter and elsewhere by going off of just what I think is logical. Mm. So I don't really have a lot to back it up other than watching them score 70 points. I do think that team gave up. But all that aside, I think this is a really different Dolphins team. I don't Mm. think this is some like week two, week three, like fun to watch type thing. This could be the same team that the Chiefs with Mahomes when they won the Super Bowl. I think this could be that. Literally, like, is he is is Tua Mahomes? Absolutely not. But Tua's throwing bombs, and they're getting caught. Tyreek Hill is a he catches everything. So my buddy was asking me today was like, why aren't the Niners destroying people? They have got more. They've got more weapons. They've got a better offense. Yada yada yada. I'm like, because Tua Tua's throwing it to people that do not drop the ball. Mm. Like Tyreek catches literally everything. But I do. I I I think that. I think the Dolphins can really beat anybody in the NFL. I would love to. I mean, can I mean, like, 
can you imagine if we got Kyle Shanahan master versus the apprentice? I mean, that'd be fun. Also, just the great uniform matchup there. Great. Uniform uh, matchup. I, like, obviously, the two historic franchises would be a lot of fun here. My whole thing with the Dolphins, too, and I don't know if this is fair, and I wonder if Dolphins fans feel this way week to week. Like, the shovel pass was awesome from Tua. Like, the no-look stuff. Like, Tua's having fun. He's an easy guy to root for. Also, look, rooting for a southpaw is just fun because you just don't, as a lefty, it's cool to see left-handed quarterbacks out here thriving. Um, there's not a not many of us uh, in this sport. But you look at it, and I think for Dolphins fans, you're like, God, this is awesome. I hope he doesn't get hurt. Like, every week, you're just like, I hope our offensive line holds up for another week of fun Dolphins football because... You're like, wow, we're really peaking. We could be the best team in the AFC. And you're like, man, it is September 26th. And we have a long way to go to get to a tongue of Viola uh, through this regular season and into a deep playoff run. I think that's the scary thing if you're a Dolphins fan is it just feels like it's a house of cards where it could just fall so quickly and it would hurt so much because how you're seeing how dominant and how good this team can be if they're all healthy in their key spots. I mean, in terms of you know, Evan talking about, you know, Tua looking really good and the offense looking really good. They do look really good. Um, and people, again, this is the, the, the Dolphins fans that are Aaron Schatz pointed out something on, on Twitter. He's like, okay, you know, Tua's is playing great and the offense is playing great. But like, I, I think a lot of this is more of the Dolphins system than it is to a tongue of I low. You can't say that to, to Dolphins fans or else they'll come for your neck. But mm. the thing is, is like, you know, if they do, let's say they play Kansas City in the playoffs in Arrowhead, that's going to be a big, okay, Tua, that's great that you can play within the system, you can anticipate where guys are going to be, and you can be incredibly efficient, but it feels like eventually you're going to have to get off platform, you're going to have to do something outside the system and really uncork something downfield to really keep your team in it, and that's not Tua's game. And for anybody trying to compare, you know, saying, oh, we didn't do this for Mahomes. Well, Mahomes can do all the things that Tua does, and he can also throw 70 yards on a rope. Tua can't really do that. And again, so far he's shown that the offense and the team don't really need him to do that. That's great, but when the time comes that he does need to do that, then it feels like it's going to be prove it or your SOL. Yeah. JP, is CJ Stroud looking like a home run pick? for the Texans based on what you saw up close and in person this week. Does he, I, I can't unsee black Peyton Manning on Twitter. Cause I saw that with his game and I'm like, I can't unsee this. This is, this is crazy. Like it's, it, it I mean, uh, it's similar to when the, the Mike, the white Michael Vick with Daniel Jones doing anything last year. Uh, we're seeing the same with Stroud, but in terms of actual quarterbacking and what you saw from Stroud and how he picked apart uh, this Jaguars defense, does he look uh, like he's going to be the guy there? 100%. That is a capital G good football player, good quarterback. I have been so impressed with his ability to continue to keep up his really high traits that he had at Ohio State and bring them to the NFL. He has always been a very good anticipation and touch thrower. And that is something that hasn't changed. And the offense is maximizing that to his strengths. He's throwing in breakers before the receiver even breaks out of the route. That's capital a anticipation there's there's pass he's hitting to every level of the field he's doing stuff out of structure he looks like a home run pick for the houston texans so far does this mean that he should have been the pick at number one i'm not gonna say that i i think he was my qb1 going into the draft but 
I still think that Bryce Young is a fine quarterback. I think Anthony Richardson is going to be really good if he can remain healthy. But C.J. Stroud's looking really good right now. I know Devin A. Chain had the breakout 218-yard game, but C.J. Stroud is the leader right now for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Absolutely. I mean, what, I don't wow. think he's I don't think he's thrown an interception yet. What did I say, man? I don't. Again, I don't know any. I'm not look, doing pregame. Height matters in the NFL unless you are a god tier elite athlete and quarterback. And I'm not saying that Bryce Young is not going to be that one day, but like it's not easy to play in the NFL at that height. And the only way you can do it is as history has shown is you have to be a Kyler Murray or a Russell Wilson. Like you have to be so athletic and so fast and so good on your feet. It's just, it's a hard thing to try and accomplish. And look at CJ Stroud's six, two ass just out here throwing dimes. Well, I think the thing with Bryce Young and Panthers fans are kind of high, kind of feeling bad because, because Bryce hasn't looked that great, but look at who he's throwing the ball to. Like old ass Adam Thielen, DJ yeah. Chark, and Jarrett out there catching passes. Like <laughs> I, I don't think that is that's very good team building. And you can tell like when he's going back to pass, he's holding on to the ball really long because nobody is open. He does not have the schematics. Like he doesn't even have the receivers that CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson has. Which, by the way, none of those guys have great receivers either. So that's really saying something about the lack of talent that Carolina has. Yeah, like this is – Carolina has a bottom five receiver unit in the NFL right now, probably bottom three. And that's taken an effect. Like Jordan Reed always says – not NFL player Jordan Reed, NFL ESPN, NFL analyst Jordan mm -hmm. Reed always says you want to surround your young quarterbacks with – playmakers, protection, and play calling. I think the Panthers have the protection. When Austin Corbett gets back, you will have the protection. Charles Zavala's played really good at left guard. Iki Aquanu, I think he had his ups and downs early, but he's looked pretty good. Taylor Moten is rock solid. I think the play calling is kind of up and down sometimes, but you don't have the playmakers. You just don't. You knew that going in, and you still didn't address it good enough. Like, I get I get trained for trading DJ Moore for that number one pick. I'd do it again to get Bryce Young, but you don't have the guys right now. Jarrett, the weirdest result this weekend to you was what? I mean, the Cardinals Cowboys feels like a dunk, but I kind of predicted that on Twitter, so I'm going to pat myself on the back for that. Um, weirdest result outside of that, um. I mean, if we want to say the Colts Ravens, but even then, I think the Colts are quietly like Colts and Texans are pretty similar to me where they have quietly really solid rosters, guys who fit what what they want to do. There's a clear vision in mind. Um, so uh, I, if you want to say that, sure. Gardner Minshew, defense got you the job done. EJ Speed had a really nice game. Juju Brents had a nice game on, on defense. Zaire Franklin. Or you, you, you clearly want to chime in, Evan. Do you know what the answer is? The Chargers didn't charge her. They did not oh, charge her. The Chargers didn't charge her. The, char the Chargers literally were going to charge her, <laughs> and they didn't do it. They were almost going to charge her, but were outchargered by the Chargers North. They did, they yeah. <laughs> 
Kirk Cousins came in and kicked that fence down, that white picket fence with his Coles athlete, his Coles athleisure clothing. It was like, this is my house. I chargers. <laughs> I, I will say, like, Justin Herbert was phenomenal mm. on Sunday against the Blitz. He he looked amazing. I think there's one throw that he has. It's a go route to Mike Williams. Yep. And where he puts this ball and where Mike Williams catches it, like, it's a it's an insane throw. And it's showing, like, the thing that I always had had a knock against Justin Herbert is he is so much of a football robot that he does not create out of structure as often, or he doesn't, he's not as willing to right. take the go route when he has it. He did all of that on Sunday. And it was awesome to see. Um, we knew the Vikings would do this though. We knew the Vikings would be this. It was, it's going to be tough. It's a competitive rebuild. That's what they have said. Like this is, it's going to be competitive, but you're going to be bad. That's the entire plan. It also felt weird from from Brian Flores, who just kept blitzing, man. Like, it wasn't working. And he just – he's living in freestyle. It's like, keep going. Keep going. Keep sending the house. Um, By the way, you pointed out the blitz stuff. Uh, Chris Winthrom, ESPN, pointing out. Herbert, 32 of 38, 301 yards, three touchdowns against the blitz. That is the most completions, attempts, and passing yards any quarterback has had against the blitz since ESPN began tracking it in 2006. It's a yeah. good football player, but I mean, it, that's what Brian Flores does. That's if you're gonna if you're gonna blitz, die on the sword, fall sword. on the sword, be a, go full Wink Martindale against the Niners. <laughs> Wink Martindale exclusively blitz, make him make a mistake. You're not don't switch up, sure. don't switch up and let him pick you apart. Go don't go do Dean P's the last two years in Atlanta. Yeah, no, don't switch up, don't switch up. Commit to the bit. Yeah. Don't, the only thing I could think of when I saw the end of the game and like how well Herbert had played is it reminded me of like all of the um, what's Shohei Otani memes. You know what I mean? Where it's like. Punch an arm or two again through. Shohei Otani <laughs> breaks the record for most home runs in a game and the Angels lose. Like, yeah. Mike Trout goes four, four for five with three doubles and Shohei Otani hits nine home runs as the Angels fall 12 to 10 to the Tigers. <laughs> yeah. but literally, though, that's like what it reminded me of. Uh, I'm very happy to see Justin Herbert uh, win that game. But please, like, they should have fired him after that win. I don't care. After the win? Yes. Okay. So I, I, I don't yes! know. I know the big thing was the fourth down conversion, and I went back and watched the game today. I don't hate going for it. Mm. I don't hate it. I hate the play call, though. I hate taking the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands. Like, that's... Tell me, would you guys put – would you guys – seriously, do you think that right now if they fired him and had Kellen Moore be the head coach, yes. would, they, would they play better? I don't think uh, I, don't I, I don't think Kellen Moore is ready to be a head coach because I don't think Kellen Moore is that great. I didn't ask if he's ready. I don't know if he's ready, but would he? Would they? Would the team play better? No, you don't mm. think so. I don't think so. The defense will just fall off a cliff, and they're already yeah. off the cliff. The de- the yeah, I mean that's that's that JC Jackson is, signing Ooh. is defense and discipline and. Discipline from the defense is the biggest problem right now. Like you look at the first two games, they were undone by stupid penalties by the defense that either extended drives like they did against Tennessee. They could have got off the field twice and it was a drive was extended by dumb penalties. Then Ryan Tannehill runs in a touchdown week one, the JC Jackson penalty where he just shoves Jalen Waddle at the end of the half and it gives the Dolphins a field goal. Like the defense is either giving up too many yards, yielding too many dumb mistakes or a combination of both. And we're seeing the uh, the end results of that. 
Yeah. Um, final thing here before we go. Thank you for not coaching. It's one of my favorite uh, portions of this very program each week. JP, who are you thanking for not coaching well this week in the NFL? Um, I want to make sure I get his name right before I clown him. <laughs> it's always good. Um, let's make sure we get it right. Um, Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly. Okay. Thank you for not coaching. You knew going in <laughs> that Miles Garrett was going to be a problem. Three and a half sacks later, <laughs> I still don't think he thinks Miles Garrett's going to be a problem. N nothing worked. Mm. Nothing. And I don't even think they tried doing multiple things. Like it was just, hey, we're going to leave this backup left tackle or Andre Dillard, who was a backup left tackle. We're going to leave him on an island against the best edge rusher in football. And sure, you. We'll see what happens there. But nothing was going to help against a Browns defense that is really, really good. This was actually my most surprising game of the weekend because I thought this mm. game would be closer. Yeah, I thought it would be a closer game. But the Browns dominated the Titans the entire game. It was 27-3. to The Titans couldn't get anything going offensively. Deshaun Watson, Was it just offensive line play or what was it? Um, It starts up front. If you can't block, your entire game plan changes. And especially yeah. against a Jim Schwartz-led defense that knows when you can't block. So he's going to throw everything. And Was that a sneaky, under-the-radar, just like game-changer coordinator hire this offseason? I knew going yeah. in. This is going to be so fun. Hmm. Getting Jim Schwartz and then signing or trading for Zadarius Smith and signing Ogunaya Okorongwo was going to unlock Miles Garrett to unseen levels of domination. Um. But yeah, I did not think this game was going to be a blowout. Deshaun Watson played his best game as a Brown, despite throwing the ball behind him. He only did it once, though. Only did it once. Aaron Brooks. Mm -hmm. Only did it once, though. But it was his best Aaron game Brooks. he's played as a Cleveland Brown, which I don't know if that's exciting or alarming that that is his best game as a Cleveland Brown. But, you know, Tim Kelly, man. That's rough, buddy. You would you a different quarterback make sense? Would Malik Willis or uh, Will no. Levis do anything? Do not throw Will Levis out there. No, <laughs> please throw please. Will Levis out there. It'd be so much more fun to throw Will Levis out there. It would not. <laughs> Will Levis's biggest problem coming out of college was he did that not sucks. sense. He did not Thank sense you, pressure. He couldn't sense pressure at all. Yeah, he would, his his shot clock meter is never on. He's going to stay in that pocket no matter what. He doesn't feel pressure very, very well at all. You throw him out there against the Browns. I don't know. I don't remember what number the Browns finished with sack wise, but it goes high. It's higher with um, with Will Levis in there instead of Ryan Tannehill. Let's see. The Browns finished with five sacks. Yeah, that's at least like eight or nine with uh with Will Levis back there. It's a real Sam Howell versus Buffalo kind of thing. Man, speaking of Sam Howell there, that was tough, Jared. Nice. The, the Washington, the Washington, I mean, right? Do we... It wasn't a great matchup for, no. for Washington. And, and look, no one was expecting the commanders to come in and just be world beaters and you know take on all of these great teams and, and destroy them. They came back last week from 21-3 and won the game. Kudos to them. Sam Howell, 
first year as a starter, played very badly through four interceptions. The Bills took away the ball five times. It was a bad offensive performance. Do you, am I going to pack it in on the Commanders? No, I still think they're going to be in the mix for a wild card spot. I could see it. Um, Evan, closing thoughts. Yeah, I wanted to, I want to do my own version of thank you for not coaching. I oh, do you have one? Too. I Are have you? Mine, oh, I oh. I, uh, we can expand this out. This yeah, was just mine, a, the the film grind. Okay, yeah, we can expand can give, this out. I, That's more than okay. All mine right. Is, mine is Mike McCarthy. I was told all vibes <laughs> 15 minutes ago, and now I, the man well, he's diving again, into the again, tape. Again, I'm not going to the tape. I'm just saying let's just talk about the 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 subject matter. Thank you for not coaching. Last week <laughs> there was a Mike McCarthy deserves an apology tweet. That was mm. like when one some analyst, Mike McCarthy deserves a, an apology. We were giving another quarterback and head coach tandem uh, a lot of shit for 40 attempted passes and 210 yards. Dak had 40 attempted passes and 249 yards and an, and, uh, and an interception. Tony Pollard had 23 carries like that is an offense that's not working. 23 carries, 40 attempted passes, 16 points. That is an offense that is not working. And so guys, I don't know if the offense is not working play calling wise. I think the Cowboys and the Jaguars offenses are both extremely similar. Mm. They do not, they're not built on explosives. They are built on being uber, uber efficient in the 10 to 15 yard range, which means which means you, every single thing has to be perfect. You can't go 0 for 3 in the red zone. Nope. You have to score touchdowns, and they did not score touchdowns in the red zone. What, 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 what would you say the biggest cause of not scoring in the red zone is? Oh, they couldn't okay. run the ball. Play calling. They, they couldn't run the ball. They, they were missing three offensive linemen. Dog, I get it, but like – Swords, you just need to accept the fact that the Cowboys are good and they had a bad week. And you got Josh I'm Dobbs. Not, who hasn't I, been Josh Dobbs? Can you get I, the who, BFL yeah, in who, there? First off, yeah, I wish I, 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 I wish I could get Josh Dobbs. Everyone um, does. Josh Dobbs is the best backup quarterback in the NFL. The only, but like, I'm not listen. I'm not saying the Cowboys are bad by all means. I do think the Cardinals are a little bit better than people expected. But I do think Week Three was uh, let's get you know expectations back down to reality. You saw what the Bills did. You saw obviously what happened to the Cowboys, you know, you saw what happened to the Jaguars, right? Like these are like, are they, are any of these teams like bad, but it like kind of brought reality back into place and shed some light on things. Um, The Cowboys are going to miss having Diggs as a huge loss. I don't think that was the reason they lost. Uh, I think it was the offense. Um, Oh, the defense couldn't stop the run either. I mean, the, the Cardinals got really creative with the run game, and they Dallas got into the red zone, just Dak threw a bad interception to Kazir White that really kind of sealed the deal. Right. Um, I, but, like, listen, 28 points for the Cowboys shouldn't be, you know, the Cowboys should be able to – I mean, they've been – I'm just – Bro, every team is going to have we can have bad we, game. We can have this conversation next week after the 49ers play the Cardinals. I, even then though bro like every team is gonna like the chiefs lost to the colts at this point last year and it didn't mean shit when the playoffs came around this isn't you gonna mean anything in a month anything at all i mean i guess the difference there is 
people have a lot more faith in Patrick Mahomes than Andy Reid. That's completely and fair. That, no, completely I get fair. it. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I, I think this is kind of a mulligan week for mm. the Cowboys. I think they, I think they deserve a mulligan here because they were missing three of their five starters on the offensive line, including the best guard in football, is Zach Martin. He did not yeah. play. Uh, Tyler Biotis, start center, did true. not play. Tyron Smith, left tackle, did not play. When you're missing a large majority of the offensive line, you're not going to be able to score. The offensive line and trench play is so important. It changes your game plan. And I get it. I don't know, man. I just, I was really surprised they didn't use Tony Pollard in the passing game at all. That was kind of the, the reason why they were, they were so Rico you know, Dabo, oh, buddy. Yeah. Anyway, Rico had the same amount of receptions, uh, but 25 more. 26 more yards. Tony Pollard was a negative one yard for three receptions. I think Dallas is going to be fine. I hesitantly picked them to come out of the NFC. A little bit harder to see that now with Trayvon Diggs gone for the year. Um, I think they'll make a move for a cornerback. It just feels like something that they should do. Um, but I, I think they'll be okay. I don't think they're going to make a move for a cornerback. They have like 12 corners on the roster. Deron Bland's going to move outside. They have like seven safeties who can play a nickel or linebacker. So I don't think they're going to make a move. I just think it's just a mulligan. You know, this this NFL shit happens. Player just a head coach who's familiar with them too. Jonathan Gannon spent time in Philadelphia. Obviously, there's some familiarity there. So I I, I agree. I think Dallas is going to be fine. Chalk it. You're not going to win every game. Some team, every team is going to play a game. At least once a year, where they lose to a team that they shouldn't lose to, and this was this is one for Dallas. I gotta say though, I mean, as as a 49ers fan, like especially when there's only one first round bye now, I, it's good to see, right? You like seeing sure. seeing the Cowboys lose a game. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's good to see, right? I, I'm sure. hoping that we can uh, continue that pace. But the Eagles God. Three, and this is though. a week removed from him being like, I think we have to admit that the Cowboys are good. And he's just back on. He's he has been waiting. He's like that meme of like men are just like uh, the dudes who were like, we're we're done. Season's over. And it's like, we're so back. We and are that's so Evan with back. The Cowboys. We are so back. The Cowboys are who they thought they were. It's a constant well, cycle of it's so over. And yes. We are so back. that's Evan but with the Cowboys. You guys. Yeah. But you guys, we talked all offseason about how the Cardinals have maybe the worst roster in the NFL. Like it happens. Yeah. I'm, it happens. I'm, hey, I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm just saying I'm if I, if I, you think I'm not gonna see walk on the Cowboys losing to the Cardinals. Oh, I get I'm, it. 100%. I'm gonna see walk on the Cowboys losing to the Cardinals. 100. I respect Look. it. I respect it. I respect I'm, it. I'm dusting the, the shoe. fortune for him just uh, with the the Niners each week. It's in faux concern when the Giants are doing anything positive. It's like, oh, that, what's gonna happen? Way, Brock Purdy really is, struggling a little bit. The, no, you're fine. Me, me, versus, me watching the 49ers is it's it's Jover, and then it's <laughs> we are so back. I like it. Uh, Jarrett, your thank you for not coaching this week as we wrap up here tonight. Dennis Allen and Joe Woods, thank that you was gonna for be, not oh, that was gonna be mine. That I was, I love this. That. This is this is my music. Turn that up. The New Orleans Saints are the most just. They were 2-0 coming into this week, and nobody gave a damn, nor should they, because they beat two bad teams and didn't look good doing it. And then Derek mm, Carr goes mm, down. Mm. It looks like he avoided you know, serious injury, which is good. Um, you hold a 17-0 lead going into the fourth quarter, win the game. I don't care. 
win the game. No, like it's not. It legitimately was 17-0, and the game ended 18-17. The Packers <laughs> scored. Packers scored 18 unanswered points all in the fourth quarter. And look, credit to Jordan Love for who played a bad game for three quarters, and he played fantastic in the fourth quarter. That, that's a really nice win for the Packers, who you know, right now they're sitting at two and one. Matt Lafleur, thank you for coaching. Uh, mm. and, and keeping everybody, you know, at bay and, you know, never saying die in terms of this. But you're up 17 nothing. I don't give a damn what happens. Win the game. And Dennis Allen, Joe Woods, thank you very much for not coaching and letting the Packers score 18 unanswered in one quarter to walk it off. I will Tip say it's hat, very yeah. smart. Very smart on Matt LaFleur after the first touchdown to go for two then. Absolutely. Because hmm. then you get it out the way early. Like now oh. you can be like, oh, we're going to go for two in a game that they won by one like that's it's very smart instead of like we're just going to kick the field goal or extra point here and we'll settle for overtime like no try and win the game here let's get let's get real aggressive and i think that's also helped by of course Derek carr getting hurt which luckily he avoided serious injury i wonder how long he's going to be out but yeah man you go up 17-0 and lose 18-17 that is rough and that's rough for everybody involved, especially that defense. And the defense was good for like three quarters. Jordan Love also looks really good. Jordan Love is going to be, he's, uh, the com- he's, the, the he's good, The percentage man. and everything is going to come up, but he's, I mean, through three weeks, he looks very, very good. It was it seven touchdowns to one pick. He's got a rushing touchdown to go along with it. Teammates you can really tell he's been watching Aaron Rodgers in practice for three years. Bro, the the mannerisms. mannerisms. Yes. It looks so similar from the cadence <laughs> to the mannerisms to the little sidearm throws. I'm like, this dude has watched exclusively Aaron Rodgers for the last four years of his life. Yeah. Because you can tell. But it's very cool. I'm happy to see him like actually succeeding. And again, this team doesn't have this team didn't have Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, or Jair Alexander. I just, I'm so happy for the Packers. It's really nice to see like a new generation of quarterbacks to lose to the 49ers in the playoffs. <laughs> um, you know, it's nice, right? Because it's like you, their kids got to watch it. Now their kids get to watch it. It's great. You love tradition, and I'm happy for the Packers. But also, they are the first. They're dogs at home against the Lions this week, which is like the first time they've been home dogs to the Lions in some preposterous number. It's like 50 years or something. I think I yeah, saw. That makes sense. Like Lions freaking stink, and they're favored <laughs> in Green Bay. Like I'm, I was surprised to see them favored out of the gate here. Um, but we'll see and, how that ultimately And not goes. to mention the fact that like coming into the season, it was oh man, this is the the Bears' time to really take control. Oh goodness! Gracious. And now it's you know, not only is it not the Bears' time, it's not even close to the Bears' time. Like we talked about, we talked about the cycle of it's Joe. Yeah, we are so back. <laughs> They're just stuck on a cycle of it's Jover. It's Jover. It's even more it's Jover. Jover. It's, it's never Jover. been more Jover. Hey, bro, the, the more things steal? change, the more they stay the same in the NFC North. How do you steal multiple lawnmowers? <laughs> and not and not like push lawnmowers either. These are the big ride and lawnmowers. How do you go and break into a NFL facility, mm. leave with multiple lawnmowers and shit? And nobody sitting there, security being like, "Hmm, that was kind of weird. Maybe we should ask him about that." I need to know that he wear like the high vis vest 
Did he wear like a hard hat with like some? Did he wear some like Chicago Bears? Decals? You're like, is this the town? Did they recreate the town here? What yeah, happened? Was this an elaborate heist planned mm. by some random man in Naperville who wanted to steal the Bears' lawnmowers <laughs> as retribution? Like what? What is? You're gonna I need... steal my hours on Sundays. I'm getting something out of this. I'm getting a John. I'm leaving here with something. I'm leaving. Yeah. The Denzel need, Washington gift. I need to know. I need to. I need to talk to this man. I need to interview the brave soul who stole these lawnmowers from the Bears. So I need. I just need to know how. Like, and you should be arrested. Like if they ever catch him, it should be like he should get a medal for actually getting away with it. That's like one of those. No, you earned it. Like pulling just, this off against them. No, it's fine. Do you guys? Do you guys? The, what do you think the worst? Like not worst case, but like the biggest blow up could possibly happen with the bears by the end of the season like do you think justin fields could be get traded at all no i don't think he gets traded right now i think he gets benched though i think that could happen and he's just sad and then he's like no trade value for who yeah who's their backup their backup is tyson badgett he's a he's a rookie he was at he was at the senior bowl he looked bad oh not good at the senior one thing i want to ask you guys if jimmy's got a concussion Brian Hoyer was the number two last week. Why would but why? Why wouldn't you play Aiden O'Connell after his preseason? He's the emergency third quarterback. Yeah. I don't know. I think they wanted to go with experience as a backup. Because they're still trying to win games. After what he did in the preseason? Allegedly. They're allegedly trying to win games. Yes, that is uh I think that's have you yeah, seen I, uh Brian Hoyer play football? I just yeah, love that everyone's I, like, obviously go Aiden O'Connell. It's like Aiden O'Connell might be awful. Like he's a six round pick. Like most of those guys don't work out. Like you, maybe. I don't know. But probably well not. Not everyone's Brock Purdy, Evan. Well You've been conditioned say, to assume that all the late no, round quarterbacks I, work out. No, I am what trust me, uh, to for every Brock Purdy, there's a Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. Those are all early first round picks, though. Is what I'm saying. But I, I'm just saying. I know. I I know rookie quarterbacks can play like shit. Uh, yeah. But also, Trey Lance cut his hair. Jerry. Jerry immediately was like, "Get that fro out of my." Well, he looks like Dak. He was. He was yeah, he's like, "You better, you better get a high and tight right it's now, boy." He, it's because he looks like Trey Young. Like it, it was time. It was oh, time trust me. Young. I think he should have got a haircut. I'm just saying, Jerry uh, Jones is racist. I will say. For the Bears, it can get so much worse. As a team who what are we employed, talking about like stealing like uh TVs or like as a team who employed Urban Meyer during oh. the pandemic, it can get so much worse from oh, here. Oh yeah. Like it it can get real ugly and it's will, already ugly. I will say I don't think Fields is back next year. No. It's probably I, over. I don't I know think- how like it's this kind dead. of development, it's just probably over. He's going to bounce around. He's he becomes just... like the 49ers backup? No, hey, I don't. Atlanta Falcons 2024 quarterback, Justin Fields. No, no, How about it? no, no. Yeah. Smith like, would love him. I just, after I so much, like him. after this much, he's had so many bad snaps now and had so many bad offensive coordinators and situations that I just, you should it's probably over like these guys usually don't bounce back from this like they usually it's it's, yeah it's just and yeah it sucks um i think he's going to be back with the bears mainly because i don't think any team's going to trade for him yeah but i do think uh iberflus and getsy are both gone by at least like week 10 when is there so you think that they get fired within the season when is there oh everyone's getting fired in the season well the problem is now alan williams is out so you don't have like an interim DC here. 
and or interim coach because Luke Getzey has to go if you fire Everflu. So it's like, who would be the interim coach? Do you bring back Lovey? Does Lovey coach it out the rest of the year like Bob Stoops at Oklahoma? Do you bring back Lovey Smith? I mean, you could. You can make uh, Kevin Warren's got some connections. You can make some phone calls. Oh my God, the Big Ten connection. Him at Their Illinois when he's a- comes after November twenty seventh. So I think that's Monday like night football. 14. After a Monday night football against the Minnesota Vikings. That if you're talking about a P, a good PR way to spin this whole season, Bears fans still love Lovey Smith. And obviously he had a lot of success there. You the season's over, bring him back. Lovey coaching the remainder of the season. And just whatever you get is great. Also, yeah, we I, saw I, the Colts hire Jeff Saturday out of high school here back in Atlanta. So anything's possible. They can just do the NFL owners can do whatever they want. Like they can yeah. just be like what's yeah, but, uh, Rick Grossman up to right now? All right, yeah, but, he's the new acting interim head coach the rest of the way. Yeah, but Jim Ursay makes decisions off of Perk 3000. That's not normal. I mean, but hold on. Who's the Bears owner right now? Oh, I think it's still, um, is it still Virginia McCaskey? I was going to say, is it her? Okay, I didn't want to say that. I wasn't sure off the top of my head if it was still her. Um, It's a great trivia question. It is. It is. She's still the owner, and she is 100 years old. Wow. I don't know. Happy Centennial. JP. Virginia McCaskey. JP, real quick, should I uh, should I be Tengen Uzui for uh, Halloween? One hundred, absolutely, yes. Right, without a shadow of a doubt. Right, I gotta start doing fucking some uh, curls. <laughs> Same, curls, lat raises, get the shoulders. The I feel like you and I, Chase, are more in the same boat when it comes to this lack of gym conversation. I'm yeah, no, I, just, I was a runner and then I broke my foot and now I'm just a walker and hiker. I'm a sit on my butt and drink coffeeer. I, I do that too. Yeah, well, you know, hey, hey, congratulations for you guys having like good mental health. Exactly, I don't have that. Right? I don't have that luxury. I mean, who said I had good mental health? Evan Swartz. If you have bad mental health and you're not working out, you're an insane person. I mean, he's gotten banned off hinge. I think that is. Yeah. You got some demons body. that you got to work out, dog. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. You think The Exorcist is a scary movie? You should see my cell phone. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, you're on a list, aren't you? Doug? Come on. No, I'm just leaning into the, the joke now. Come on. Oh, Nothing man. bad. There are probably federal agents watching this. <laughs> I, I just got a, t- I just you got are, a text from my, from you my are FBI on agent. A, you are on a list. <laughs> my FBI agent just texted my phone. He's like, you better knock this off right now. Sorry, chill out, boss. dog. Oh in all seriousness, mentally, I am good. I'm just not a gym guy. I, I use I'm a rock climber guy. That's 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 what I do. Rock climbing okay. terrifies me, but that's really cool. That's really cool. Tomorrow's chest day, by the way. T- t- yeah, tomorrow's is a yeah. Tomorrow's tomorrow's an everything day. Yeah. I don't know. Jared, by I, by I, the I way, boys, I hope that. you understand. Um, your boy is about to get a- absolutely jacked. Like Who? I am me. Why are you pointing that out to me specifically? What was that? Why, why was that directed towards me? Why did I'm, I specifically have to know that you were getting jacked? No, I'm saying you guys in general. Is real. Oh. I am I am on a mission. Are you about to come kick my ass? What's happening here? You're no, like, I'm hey, I'm coming. I'm getting, you, I'm getting strong. I'm, I'm, I'm flying I'm to Tennessee, and it's go time. No, I, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to Tennessee, brother. <laughs> Like you're about to cut a promo. I was like, "What is happening over no, here? Why are no, you targeting I'm, me with your?" I'm supporting you, and you're just like yelling at me that you're getting big and you're getting strong. I'm like, Evan, I can't, I'm, I'm cheering for you. Someone called me a uh, 
George, he, they said you're you're George Kittle without the muscles, and I was like, I'll I'll fucking fuck oh, you. Oh, you. <laughs> I I no, but literally someone actually told me they were like, you're uh you're you look you're like you look talk and act exactly like George Kittle. I was like, yeah, I know. I'm like I'm he's like the Pokemon evolution of me. Mm. So are you like, like a if champ? I, yeah. If I were, no. What's yeah. the, What are they? Oh, he's I he's he's like Charizard, and I'm Charmander. Yeah. Like there if I if I evolved, I'd grow hair and it'd get longer, and I'd get bigger, bigger muscles. I'd be George Kittle. Hey Evan, you're good the way you are, man. I disagree. Now you are broken and that's inside. This has been Ingram, that's radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. That's why we tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Very good. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode. Each and every week, we're talking all things NFL. JP, Jarrett, Evan, thank you as always, and I'll talk to y'all next week. About the program, and if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm-hmm. you're, um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.